This was brought to you by The Storyteller on YouTube and Facebook. The Irish text relates the travels of Irish kingdoms in withstanding the depredations of Viking invaders over the course of several centuries, leading to the emergence of the Dal G.K. Baruma dynasty of Munster, the rise of its greatest son Brian Baruma, Boru, to the lofty title of High King of Ireland, a rank seldom held by the kings of Munster, and his subsequent fall and death in an insurrection led by revolting Irish and Scandinavian populations in the fateful Good Friday Battle of Cluintarb, a Clontarf, on April 23, 1014. The Old Norse text relates the settlement of Norse colonists in Orkney, and the establishment of a Jaldom, Aldom at first independent, but gradually brought under the contending influence of both Scotland and Norway. The saga follows the ups and downs of the island's tumultuous dynastic history, focusing attention on particularly famous earls, such as the Earl Sigur, who lost his life fighting against Brian Boru's forces in the Battle of Clontarfa. 1014, where Kogad Gadol Regalabe ends with that fateful battle, Orkneyinga saga continues. It's narrative long after 1014, but features the battle as a very important moment in the Eldon's history. Both texts, then, narrate a period of extensive intercultural contact between Norse and Norwegians, Danes, Orcadians, Icelanders, and Celts, Irish, and Scots over a number of centuries. The work survives in three main manuscripts. The earliest of these occurs in the celebrated Book of Leinster, a crucial surviving medieval manuscript that preserves for us such other works of importance to modern Celtic studies as the Tyne Boquelnge, various tales, and poems of the Ulster Cycle and the metrical Dinsentures. The Book of Leinster was produced in the late 12th or early 13th century by various hands, probably under the supervision of Abbot Edue Crimptain, a well-connected cleric stationed at the prominent Tipperary Monastery of Terdieglas. Kogad Gadol Regalabe is the final item in this long and valuable compilation, and is fragmentary due to the loss of the final section of the book. Trinity College Dublin Manuscript 1319 preserves a second, also fragmentary account, differing markedly from the version contained in the earlier manuscript. It has been dated to the 14th century. Finally, the 17th century friar Michael O'Cleary produced the third manuscript, a fair copy of a transcription of a now lost medieval manuscript known as Lebhar Chonchonet Uidele, a work produced or owned by a prominent Westmeath bard Cucanact O'Delay who died in 1139. O'Cleary's version resembles the Dublin manuscript closely but has some added poems not found in the earlier work. James Henthorne Todd produced the first, and to date only the modern edition of the work in 1867. Todd's edition, accompanied by an extensive introduction, detailed textual notes, and facing-page Middle Irish Modern English texts, appeared in a British series entitled, Rerum Britannicarum Mediae Evi Scriptors, or Chronicles, and Memorials of Great Britain, and Ireland during the Middle Ages. Published as part of a royal project to assemble materials for the history of this country from the invasion of the Romans to the reign of Henry VIII, the work was thus subsumed into a Victorian project to depict England and Ireland as a single entity, 
now happily united under a single crown. Despite this underlying political agenda, Todd's edition has generally been judged thorough and balanced, and has served as the main means of access for scholars wishing to study the text ever since. Scholars beginning with Todd have theorized about the possible creator of the Kogad, Adel Regalab itself, and have surmised from language, textual references, and the work's panegyric tone that it was composed in the court of Brian's great-grandson Milchatak Uabriane, himself a king of Munster, and sometime High King of Ireland, who died circa 1119. As such, the medieval text has its own political agenda, particularly an intention to demonstrate the valor of the Dal Gkase dynasty, and its natural claim to the High Kingship, an honor more often commanded by kings of Leinster or Ulster. It is also likely that prominent members of the text's original audience were considered direct descendants of the heroic Brian and his contemporaries. Like Kogad Gadol Regalabe, Orkneyinga Saga's claim to undisputed age lies in the survival of some manuscript fragments from the early 14th century. The text as we know it in modern editions derives from three main manuscripts. The first of these in age is AM 325 I 4 to a Copenhagen, Den Anna Magniansky Samling, a fragmentary manuscript dated to circa 1300. The much later home Pap 39 Stockholm, Kungliga Bibliothek, is a 17th-century copy of a 16th-century translation of the text into Danish, based on a now-lost Codex Academicus, that perished in a fire of 1728. Scholars have regarded this version as particularly valuable, although it is also fragmentary, and survives only in translated form. The youngest and most complete version appears in the magnificent late medieval tome Flatterjarbok, a work compiled by two Icelandic priests working in succession, John Orison and Magnus Orhalsson, dividing what must have been an original complete manuscript into sections, and incorporating these as excurses in broader sagas devoted to the life and times of King Olafur Tryggvason and King Olafur Haraldsson the same. Two modern editions of Orkneyinga Saga have been produced, one by Sigura Noel and a later one by Finbogi Gumonsen, as a source and judging from the intimacy of detail in the saga's final portion, that the writer may have known some of the figures in the text personally. Scholars have suggested a dating of circa 1200 for the original text. Scholars have debated whether it was written originally in Orkney or composed in Iceland by someone with access to written and oral information regarding the history of the islands. Tommy Danielson, in surveying the theories that have arisen over time, suggests it is likely that a Latin vita of the life and works of Earl St. Magnus Erlendson, 1075-1117, served as a major source for at least part of the text. The vita would have appeared around the time of Magnus's canonization, and has been dated to circa 1130. Attributed to a master Robert, this Latin text apparently gave rise to a Norse Vita, as well as possibly portions of Orkneyinga saga. Further source materials may have arisen in connection with the canonization of Rognvalda Kali in 1192. Compiler writer seems to have taken these and other materials and supplemented them with detailed knowledge of contemporary Orkagian politics and history, devoting particular attention to the figure of Svenus Lifarsson. 
dominating its final section. Hudson suggests that the composition of the saga may have occurred within a monastic setting, where access to Irish annals and Irish learning may have influenced the work. Icelandic scholars, in contrast, have theorized an Icelandic genesis for the compilation, occurring possibly at the estate of Oddi, which had close ties with the Earls of Orkney over a number of generations. In either case, such specific textual sources appear to have been grounded and interpreted within a broader, imminent understanding of Norse-Celtic relations as they occurred in the 8th through 12th centuries. Both Kogad Gadol Regalabe and Orkneyinga Saga can be seen as complex products of the learned enterprise of their time. Norse and Celts are depicted within narratives that celebrate rulers who were particularly adept at suppressing or overwhelming their opponents. Both works are retrospective and idealized, and although we can posit a specific time and place of authorship for each work, we also see that the texts as we have them reflect successive revisions over a number of centuries, during which the textual history of the works becomes inextricably bound to a wider cultural tradition regarding Norse-Celtic interrelations and their place in local and national histories. A second point of comparison concerning Kogad Gadol Regalabe and Orkneyinga Saga revolves around questions of genre and theme. Both Kogad Gadol Regalabe and Orkneyinga Saga differ in details of form. Although Dylan mentions Brian Boru as the final topic of the historical cycles, he includes no discussion of Kogad Gadol Regalabe whatsoever in his volume and it is clear from his text that historical accounts of battles with Vikings are not seen as belonging to the topic of early Irish literature. Likewise, in their influential anthology Ancient Irish Tales, Tom Pete Cross and Clark Harris Slover include no piece or discussion of Kogad Gadol Regalabe, although they do include a substantial section on Tales of the Traditional Kings, where a history of Brian Boru would logically be placed. In the 19th century, scholars such as Timothy Lee could read Kogad largely as a battle record rather than as a piece of literature, accepting it entirely as a valid and valuable historical source, to be confirmed through cross-referencing with the various annals that relate the same events. Later scholars tempered these views somewhat, although remaining confident regarding the basic historical accuracy of the core events depicted, more recent scholars have continued to look to the text as a key to understanding the rise of the Dal Gks dynasty from comparative obscurity to island-wide prominence in the late 10th century though with greater hesitancy regarding its depiction of events. Such scholars have increasingly regarded the work as an imagined history, one that tells us a great deal about how a scribe in the employ of the Dal G case wished to see the past, particularly the rise of his sovereign's grandfather to the high kingship of the island. So although Kogad Gadol Regalabe has never been openly inducted into the esteemed category of early Irish literature, scholarly approaches to the work have grown to regard it more and more as a literary creation, but one constructed, like the annals and other historical works of Irish, Welsh, 
English, and Scandinavian traditions with a central attention to questions of history. Ifkogad Gadol Regalab is regarded as a late addendum to the centuries of literary activity preserved for us in 12th century manuscripts. Orkneyinga saga is often regarded as a strikingly early exemplar of a type of writing that would eventually become known as the sagas. Melissa Berman emphasizing the focus of Orkneyinga saga on the relations between a semi-independent locale and the Norwegian crown proposed the category of a political saga. Recently, Elizabeth Ashton Rode retreats many aspects of Orkneyinga saga within her wider examination of the representation of history and politics in Flatterjabok, describing it as a colonial saga. What appears clear from all these discussions is that Orkneyinga saga doesn't quite match up with the sagas that apparently postdate it leading Judith Jesh to suggest that it represents perhaps an earlier stage in the formal evolution of the saga genre. It is intriguing to note the extent to which both of these texts seem to offer evidence for tracing the evolution of literary genres within their respective traditions. Kogat Gadol Regalab offers a glimpse of the further development of Irish historical discourse from what we find in works recognized as an early Irish literature to works that come after. The Battle of Clontarf directly links the Irish Kogad Gadol Regalab and Orkneyinga saga. The topic of Brian Bory's final battle in fact finds repeated depiction in the Icelandic sagas, appearing not only in Orkneyinga saga, but also in the more famed and valued Njöls saga, as well as the fairly obscure Austin saga Suhalsona, and the once independent poem Daryl Joe, incorporated into the prose text of Njöls saga. The Dutch scholar Albertus Godhier in 1938, took pains to produce a careful comparative study of these accounts already at a relatively early stage in the development of modern Celtic studies. Scandinavianists, starting with Sophus Bug in 1908 and later Einar O. Svensson in 1954, XLV postulated a lost asterisk Brian saga, a Norse work focusing on the life and times of Brian Boru, and resembling in some details Kogad Gadehel Regalay. Later scholars have been less inclined to posit a complete saga preferring instead to suggest the existence of various narratives regarding the battle that were taken up and adapted by saga writers in various ways questioning some of the logic behind the postulated asterisk Brian saga that takes up suggestions from earlier scholarship that the various Old Norse accounts of Clontarf could derive from a saga devoted not to the Irish king, but to the Orcadian Earl Sigur. Such a theory makes Orkneyinga saga much more central to the story of Old Norse accounts of the Battle of Clontarf, and reinforces the idea that the saga may have served as a source for other sagas, such as Njal's saga. Certain lacunae persist in our understandings of Kogad Gadol Regalab and Orkneyinga saga, and their relations to other elements of their respective traditions. Kogad Gadol Regalab and Orkneyinga saga have much in common with each other both in terms of age and content. They were composed within about a century of each other, and seem to rely at least in part on the same analytic antecedents, reflective of a shared historical perception, but contrasting historical evaluation of the events described. They each look back with a mixed sense of nostalgia and revulsion at the violence, volatility, 
and heroism of a time a century before, when figures larger than life strode the same, halls and occupied the same seats that were by that later time presided over by more mundane, and limited rulers. Once we have established overall formal commonalities, particularly in terms of brother partnerships or rivalry, images of empowered or goading women, images of significant banners, and depictions of heroic deaths steeped in hagiographic detail. These formal and content-related features suggest a resemblance between Hogad Gadol Regalabe and Orkneyinga Saga that goes much deeper than their seeming surface differences rooted in an imminent understanding of the Norse-Celtic encounter shared by Irish and Norse writers of the time. Let us note the concrete details of the shifts in emphasis as we find them in the texts that come down to us. In neither Kogad Gadol Regalabe nor Orkneyinga Saga are we dealing with artless imbalance. In Kogad Gadol Regalabe, the narrative follows characters only during their time in Ireland, providing no details of where they go or what they do when they leave the island. In Orkneyinga Saga, correspondingly, the narrative provides intimate details of characters' experiences in Orkney or in Norway, but limits description of their time in Ireland to a bare minimum, whereas both texts depict their characters traveling across the prime cultural boundaries of the region, neither narrator follows them outside of his own cultural sphere. Reading between these two texts, it is as if we are viewing the same events via different cameras, with a voiced-over narrator on each side describing the events from a single, opposed vantage point. The two texts display a surprisingly similar inscribed narrator, one probably strongly influenced by hagiographic literature, a quintessentially important literary and religious genre of the time throughout the region. Another striking similarity between these texts however, is their substantive incorporation of poetic texts either as narrative events or as narrative evidence. Although Kogad Gadol Regalabe makes more consistent use of verse as a narrative event, both texts contain plentiful amounts of poetry and use it as a key part of characterization and narrative interest. In providing uneven treatment of varying narrative moments, spotlighting only a single side or locale of a historical conflict, strategically allowing audiences into the minds of particular characters, and incorporating poetry as an important part of the narrative framework, both Kogad Gadol Regalabe and Orkneyinga Saga display a highly comparable set of formal characteristics, ones that make the texts resemble each other to a surprising degree despite their overtly partisan attention to the opposite sides of the narrated Norse-Celtic conflict. Hogad Gadol Regalabe and Orkneyinga Saga are more alike than their cultural assertions of conflict might lead us to assume, and as we shall see, this common ground extends beyond form to include important aspects of narrative content as well. When we turn to questions of narrative details, Kogad Gadol Regalabe and Orkneyinga Saga again present a surprising degree of common ground, particularly on the level of character type and function. We may first note that both texts employ stock stereotypes in depicting the enemy. This fact will become clearer but suffice it to say here that the Irish text depicts the Norse as waterborne, roving, and brutish, while the Norse text depicts the Irish as conniving and prone to sorcery. In Kogad Gadol Regalabe, 
The Norse are typically depicted with water metaphors, as if they were one with the element that brought them to the shores of Ireland. The writer amasses long chains of alliterating terms to describe the Norse, few of which are positive in any way. On the other hand, the Irish are depicted in Orkneyinga saga as duplicitous and magical. For the writer of Orkneyinga saga, the Dubliners appear to be Irish, or at least behave in some sort of Irish, that is, underhanded manner, in Kogad Gadol Regalab, of course, they are depicted as purely Norse. In any case, Ireland is a place of duplicity and misdirection, a place where people triumph through cunning. Such stereotypes create stark contrasts between Irish and Norse, ones that, when coupled with the textual silence regarding the other when away from the narrative's inner world, create the impression of utterly separate, mutually hostile polities. In a very real sense, each text asserts stereotypes and narratives of mutual opposition, while revealing processes of cultural merger. Such competing narrative depictions create a paradox in both texts which, similarly, goes largely unaddressed by the narrator, or even by later scholars. A further element of similarity of content lies in the narrative treatment of brotherhood. This notion of a partnership in ruling between brothers, potentially with rivalry, and even animosity, is a familiar feature in many Celtic narratives, some of which are Irish, it also abounds in Welsh tradition, the same attention to brotherhood occurs over and over again in Orkneyinga saga, where time and again the earldom is subdivided for a generation between the sons of the previous earl, leading to fraternal conflicts that also often result in conflicts between uncles and nephews. This feature of Orkagian rulership is shared with Norway. If the text's attention to issues of brotherhood may seem reminiscent of each other, their attention to outspoken wives and powerful women is even more noticeable. Gormflaith seems to carry on an ancient Celtic tradition of locating the sovereignty of the land in a queen, who confers upon the man who acquires and marries her rulership over the kingdom. Gormflaith's very name reveals this function. Her name contains the element flaith and means literally illustrious or splendid sovereignty, suggestive of the her and other such queens' role as the bearers of sovereignty, perhaps literally as well as figuratively, since they would be the mothers of future sovereigns. Gormflaith does not appear in Orkneyinga saga, but she is depicted in Njal's saga as Kormlo. Such depictions of taunting women can be seen as interesting elements of Kogad Gadol Regalab, but from the comparative perspective they take on even greater significance, for the goading woman becomes a key motif in Icelandic sagas. In both Kogad Gadol Regalab and Orkneyinga saga the chief exemplars are Gaelic women in relationships with Norse men. Another striking feature common to the two texts is the central narrative role they accord in connection with the Battle of Clontarf. This was brought to you by The Storyteller on YouTube and Facebook. Listen to our podcast on any of these platforms. Anchor. Breaker. Overcast. Pocket Casts. Radio Public. Spotify. Support us on Patreon. And check us out on Discord. All the links can be found in the video description below. We thank you for your participation. If you enjoyed please like, subscribe, share, make comments. We love feedback.